sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the early line right here on a fall Tuesday. I hope you got your pumpkin spice lattes ready to go. Uh, Dane and Kevin giving you the edge right here on the grid. Kev, you know, we got more football to talk about. We talked about the games. We talked about the crazy Tuesday night football game that is still on the horizon. If any of that changes, if we get news about Tennessee, positive or negative tests in this hour, we will let you know. But there's also been some other changes in the NFL recently the Atlanta Falcons fired their head coach Dan Quinn along with GM Dimitrov previously the Texans made that move with Bill O'Brien who was their head coach judge jury executioner and cloud hanging over the franchise they've cleared that I wanted to ask you you know there's so many ways we could take it right like who's next being one of them you know who I would love it to be here in New York but then to me there's also like where do these teams go what kind of coach do they want? Which opportunity do you think is better, right? Like on one, you got Houston. You got one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You're going to be stable at that spot for the next decade, right? If you wanted to take the Houston job. Atlanta's interesting to me. Matt Ryan is like on the back nine. Julio Jones is on the back nine. Todd Gurley is on the back nine. Raheem Morris is going to be the interim head coach, but, like, what do they do in Atlanta? Like, if you're a coach, do you want this job? Are you going to have to manage the end of Matt Ryan? Are you going to be part of a teardown at some point? What do you think is in the future for these teams? And, like, which job would you find more appealing? So it's really hard to not pick Deshaun Watson, who is locked up, right? The... Tough part with this Falcons team is you probably got to run out Matt Ryan at least one more year and maybe two considering the salary uh, situation where... What if the Falcons are sitting there with the number two pick overall this year? That's the thing, right? It, you know, if I'm our New head enemy, coach, new GM, get, right? And that's the thing we just saw with Haskins. You're not, the new regime is not emotionally tied to the pick. Matt Ryan will be 36 or something like that. And if you're a new head coach and GM combo that's got, like in San Francisco, had five years together, or with the Raiders, Gruden had 10 years, and you know you got a time to play a long game, and you're drafting number two, why not? Why not start it now? I think this is the thing. They're, they both kind of come with their own baggage. I don't have my first or second round pick in Houston. Yeah. Probably got to roll Matt Ryan out there for another two seasons. Those are both difficult things to negotiate, I think, for a head coach. Ultimately, I think it's hard to pass on a talent like Watson. I think if the team is understanding of that, like you can win – in spite of a lot of things, if you've got the coach and the quarterback combo correct, right? Right. So if I'm a co- if I'm a coach where I believe I am a correct part of the equation, right. I, I get know my I've got quarterback, the quarterback he's right. the guy. Even yeah. if, Dane, I've got the second pick in this draft and I get one of 
Lawrence or Fields. Call it Lawrence Fields, yeah. Right? I don't know for sure that I have the guy. Right, Sean Watson, we know. (laughs) Correct. So that's where I think you have to lean Houston. And I'll tell you, you look through it right now, like over under four and a half, five and a half head coach jobs opening up this offseason. We've already seen two. And there's a couple obvious ones that don't feel far behind. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you, right? I mean, we're living in a market where there's likely one of them. Here's what I would also say, you know, and I think you're right. You're like, hey, coach quarterback combination, right? That's something you definitely prioritize as we welcome in all our radio affiliates from around the country getting on the grid with Dane and Kev. I got to tell you the truth, though, Kev. um, And you're right. The quarterback is like, if I'm a head coaching candidate, that's what I'm looking at, number one, right? Yeah. I'm looking at things like my salary cap situation. Is the GM someone I can vibe with, right? Do I have a good committed ownership? To, you know, Here's another thing I think of, which may give me reason to be intrigued by the Atlanta job. I look at what do I think this division is going to be like in two mm. years? And this division in two years will be a Saints team getting over the retirement of Drew Brees, a Tampa team that, you know, will be done with their little, you know, hot play with Tom Brady. Maybe Carolina will be on the way up, right? But in the NFC South, and if I'm a new coach and I'm like, I'm going to tear it down, I'm going to kind of get ahead of it. I want to be good in two years because of where the Saints and the Bucks are in their cycle. It might be appealing if I get a five-year contract thinking I could be the big dogs in this division as soon as Breeze and Brady walk away, which is not too far away. No, I think it's a great point. I think it's an awesome point because you go to Houston, right? Jacksonville's got you beat on hitting the reset button, Yep. right? The Colts might fit the description of Saints-Bucks a Fine. little bit with Philip. Tennessee Rivers, ain't going anywhere. But, but you're right. There's a foundation, though, still in Indy. Right, like Rivers is kind of plugging into a good situation, and I, I think yeah, Tennessee probably isn't going anywhere. Okay, it's just I believe in a year or two, the NFC South is going to be far softer than the yeah. AFC South. I think I think that's the thing is, is Houston. It's all Watson, and that's certainly a lot to consider. Sure, I I, I really of course with Atlanta, the difference maker is going to be: is this team really going to be this bad all year long? Like. The, when you look at the Giants, you look at the Jets, you look at Washington, you look at Jacksonville, Atlanta does yeah. not belong down there with those teams. So if they finish Dane with the eighth pick, is this still a conversation in the way that we're having it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I also know Arthur Blank is going to fire if I need it and spend, which may be attractive to me as well. More early line when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane and Kev. And listen, there's some jobs out there. There's some injuries out there. We will continue to give you everything you need. And again, we are still awaiting word on if there are any new positives for the Tennessee Titans today, because otherwise... 
where all systems go for Tuesday night football. But let's, Kev, turn our attention to what happened in the Major League Baseball playoffs yesterday. I want to ask you, you know, we've been talking about overs in the NFL, right, and how they're kind of inevitable, right? We've been talking about the baseball playoffs, right, with scoring and home runs. Our Yankees, when they were still in, were putting up the double digits. Well, Kev, we've now arrived at the LCS. And the Tampa Bay Rays get the job done yesterday. They win 4-2 to against Houston. They take a 2-0 lead in the series, Kev. But both of these games have gone under. Um, you know, we, we have another example of this. You know, Manny Margot goes yard, three-run jack early on, and then a not a whole lot else. What do you think about this series? The Rays are now in control 2-0. Do you expect the pitching to continue to be good? Yeah, I think what's happening is the Astros are running into a team that's better than them. Hmm. I I am not taking away from the Astros getting to the CS because I dislike them. But I do dislike them. But after watching that series play out against Minnesota, as someone who thought Minnesota was going to win the series, it became abundantly clear that no one out there should pick Minnesota to do anything in the playoffs ever until they do ever. something in the playoffs. No, and that's and that's that's not reactionary. It's clearly a mental block for the whole organization, right? And then in Oakland, and again, I I don't know if this will sound like sour grapes to people, but I think they really benefited from being a power hitting lineup against and a really not, what feels like a non power hitting lineup to me in a spot where the balls were flying out. They're now having to play what people call real baseball. Defense, pitching, tight games. This is what the Rays were built for. And this is why I always thought the Astros Error in the first inning was gone, key, yeah. no matter what. Because the other option for them was a team who is better than them at what they do in the New right. York Yankees. Like, you look at the four teams that made it to the CS – I think the Astros are the one outlier that does not qualify as the four best teams in baseball. So them being down 2-0 in the manner that which they are, where you know they were able to have a lead against the Rays, tight game, couldn't push it home, right? Here against the Rays, they left 11 guys on base, couldn't push those runs home. That's what happens against a team like the Rays who just can consistently grind you down. Tight baseball games, that suits the Rays. It does. Uh, so let's spin it forward here. Game three. Do you expect more of the same or will something dramatically change? You know, technically, Kev, you know, uh, metaphorically, the series shifts to Houston. But I know that doesn't yeah. really matter in terms of last licks. But just to be technical about it, they will hit in the bottom yeah. of the inning. And they run out uh, Jose Arquiti. They are minus 104. The Rays are still favored. Yarbrough on the hill at minus 112. But I want to ask you this. Does the under trend hold? You're talking about how good the yeah. Rays are as a team, right? The defense, they're catching everything. Margot's catch right after the home run in foul territory. That was awesome, right? And to your point, the Astros, you know, punted a little bit away in the first inning, allowing the Margot homer to matter. So I'm going to ask you about this total. Does this total, which is at eight, and a minus 118 to the over, so we may get eight and a half at some yeah. point in the day, you know, 
Uh, can I interest you in potentially going under as we move along in the playoffs, as you're talking about, you know, the Rays pitching and defense and real baseball is real baseball trending to the under? Yeah, I think especially if we can wait this thing out and get eight and a half here, Dane. Yeah, I have made, you know, and this is what I, I really mean is when I say like, when, when you bet, when you win, it's great. But when you lose, it's a real opportunity to learn, man. It really is. And I lost a decent amount of money this year betting baseball <laughs> by saying, ah, but this can't happen again. I, right. I mean, to the point where I didn't bet baseball very long, right? But I still found myself down because of that thought process. <laughs> the Reds won't lose to the Pirates again. The Twins won't lose to the Royals. Sure. Oh, they just got swept. Sick. We can keep coming to the window, right, and saying to ourselves, oh, it's Due to go over. These offenses are due to pop. Are they? Like, are they? Both of these teams, and, and the, the, you know, the Strohs have, to their credit, had some pretty good pitching performances during this postseason as well, and we expect that from the Rays. So I would lean towards the under, and I will tell you this. If you are out there, right, and you've played under in games one and game two, do not try and go the other way. You're Don't up. get cute. You're up right now. Keep going. Ride the trend. It. You lose this game, you're still up for the series. So th- that and that's by the way a spot where I think there might be people out there who have come home under. Really? Under if you've hit the game. two unders, I don't think you're hopping off now. No, right. But but sometimes people they they like to zigzag and and there's value in that, okay? Yeah. There's value in that. But I think it's a spot where you can really be um you can be cautious. I'll give you two other things, though, with this. Live overs, not bad for uh, baseball right now in general. I feel like we saw that yesterday. Here's another pretty oddball trend of two-game sample size. Both Rays-Astros games saw runs in the first inning. Yeah. That's pretty odd. But Altuve went deep in game one and Margot went deep in game number two. Yeah. Does that is that due to come back the other way? Like again, here we are with a baseball game. Well, that can't happen for a third time in a row, and then there's a run in the first inning. But it's a spot, it's a spot to contemplate where I've they will adjust the total, even if just the first inning is scoreless. So you can come to the window here, play the under, score this first inning. Wait, wait, wait. I am also not mad at taking a position early and trying to middle a baseball total. Okay, fair enough. So, again, I think Kevin makes a great point that this is the early line, and that's why we talk about a little bit the juice as well, right, Kev? Because I wanted to warn people, we may get eight and a half, okay? And yeah. so if you are in an under kind of mood, uh, wait. Okay, you ain't got to hit submit just when Kevin and I are talking. Kev, one of the other things you have done artfully, and I'm going to love to ask you this question in the NLCS, but in the ALCS, talk Mm. to me about the impact of these games on the series price, right? And now, you know, we're talking Tampa minus 1,000, Houston plus 620, but there's also those like total game markets, the exact score markets. I think I'm excited to to see what the movement has been in the NLCS and how to take advantage of that. But yeah. here in the ALCS, like, do you find any value with the Astros coming all the way back at greater than six to one? 
So I think at plus 620, it's a number that's hard to ignore. And I would say, to the Astros' credit, again, here, I'm not going to fill them the whole time. Um, the They've been in both of these baseball games, right? If you want to play that 620 number, I actually would advise it if you like them in today's game. Split right. the units up, right? 70-30, okay? Maybe 75-25. Today's money line, which, by the way, right, like, they're, they're minus 104. They're, mm-hmm. They've come down a little bit to where they were in the first two spots here. But still, you know, a very short dog gives them life. And throw a little bit here on the series price. You know, you said something to me yesterday. It was off air. We were just kind of messing around in some other quirky yeah. markets, right? You're like, look, you don't have to, every time you make a futures bet, you don't have to hedge out. 100% true, right? Mm-hmm. If you make this money line bet, right, on today's game and hit, you will mm-hmm. see value. But you don't have to hedge out yet. Maybe they get the next one. Who knows? Right, right, right. Maybe they get hot. Maybe they're up 3-2. At that point, right, then we can talk hedging. But I think this is a nice spot to 70-30 your unit structure. If you like them today on the money line, the 620 won't be there if you're correct about today's money line. Right. And today's money line, just to check again with Urquidy on the hill, is minus 102 for the Astros. That total is still at 8 for now. Up next is the news break and then we look at the NLCS which may have some value according to Kevin as well. Come on back. We'll be right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh. We welcome in our radio affiliates from around the country as well, including the mightier 1090 out there in California. And, Kev, if people are waking up early with us on the early line out there in California, they didn't get much sleep because they were probably watching the Los Angeles Dodgers last night. And, unfortunately, they saw if they stayed up until, you know, the ninth inning, then they saw the Braves get four runs, which was the working margin on them, as the Braves take game one of the NLCS 5-1. And Kev, you know what I think? Automatically, going into this series, right, there were questions about the Dodgers' bullpen. Kenley Jansen, right? And today, it was the Dodgers' bullpen that gave it up, or last night, as it were. You know, this time, it looked like it was Blake Trinan who gives up three runs in the ninth, and uh, that is the working margin. This game was 1-1 for most of it. So, this is a really, really interesting spot here. Before we dive into our series bets, I am worried about the Dodgers' bullpen. They were already a little bit dinged up confidence-wise because of Kenley Jansen last round. Now, Trennan gets tanked. McGee earned a run as well. Mm -hmm. That's not something that's going to sit well with this ball club. Yep. And when I was talking about the live overs, it does show that they're 
these bullpens can still be had, right? You can still kind of get to these bullpens, it feels like, even in the postseason. Eventually, these hitters, at some point, have to see a couple of runs cross the plate. And that's exactly what happened here in the ninth inning. That worries me for the Dodgers. It really mm-hmm. does. Now, can this team still score? 100%. But, you know, interestingly enough, in this postseason, they had one game where they really popped when they closed out the Padres. They've just kind of been steady, right, in these other games. And that's what I really think the Dodgers need in a game like today. They need to pop. They need to give mm. their arms comfort, Kershaw, right. this bullpen. And unfortunately for them, they are seeing quietly, one of the most dominant pitchers during this postseason, Ian <laughs> yeah. Anderson. Sure. So Mr. Right Anderson, now, red or blue pill. At risk of sounding like, you know, it's an overreaction, I worry about the Dodgers because this is a team that has a little bit of, oh, not again, to them, right? That if they're down 2-0, it gets real muddy. A, a must win might sound like an overreaction, but it feels like a must win today for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, listen, no team wants to go down 2-0, right? They will, however, have Clayton Kershaw on the mound. They are minus 160 favorites in this one. Ian Anderson, who has been good, the kid who came in midseason, has been good. He's coming back at plus 138. 7.5 is the total for the game. But I want to ask you, because you have been on this kind of uh, methodology the entire baseball playoffs, Kev. Like, Mm -hmm. if I want... I can get the Dodgers at minus 108 to win the series right now. Like, I'm not, that's not going to be offered. You know, like going into game one, it was minus two something, right? If they win tonight, it'll go right back there. I am getting literally like almost $2 of difference here if I want to try to get the World Series favorites to advance. I can do so at basically even money. Yeah, it's really surprising. This is how you find market inefficiencies, man. It's important to shop around. The Dodgers are plus 220 to win the World Series. The Braves are plus 250. That doesn't make any sense. The series is a pick-em shaded to the Braves. It's not consistent. Either your value is Dodgers in a series, Braves to win the World Series. Or they think the Dodgers are like somehow much better matchups against the AL teams than the Atlanta team would be. Because that is a market that has to consider the next round as well, right? Yes, yes. But still, a 30-cent gap there, with this being the way it's priced, is a bit substantial. I'll tell you you this, and it's, it's unfortunately irrelevant. You know, it maybe it's a market that pops up later on. The series spread betting, unfortunately, the one and a half being it's laid. Gone. It's got to be gone. It's got to be gone. Well, it's the Braves now laying right. one and a half. Right. I don't want, I want the Dodgers at minus one and a half. Because you know where we did that, Dane? And we were able to clean up with another LA team during a postseason run? The Lakers. 
Right. When they went down 1-0 to the Blazers and down 1-0 right. to the Rockets, you could lay a game and a half at a nice, nice number, okay? And real feel comfortable as they won both of those series in five games. And by the way, the Dodgers are such a good baseball team that they right. can win this in five games. Or six games. And that would be at a nice plus number. Like, That's interesting. I was just going to ask you that. But I was going to ask not covering five and six, but more like covering six and seven. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where... I do believe in the Dodgers, right? This is not yeah. going to be... This is going to be back and forth. That Dodgers bullpen should not be comfortable with the Braves lineup. But at the same time, this Dodgers team is the best team in baseball. Has been the entire season, right? So... That seems like a prescription for a long series to me. Yeah. What, no, I, 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 I agree. And I'll tell you this. Now, this is where, again, not every bet you make has to be a hedge. But sure. the Dodgers today are minus 160, right? right? With Kershaw on the bump. A lot of right. people would trust them to get that game home. Yep. The Dodgers to be leading this series after three games is plus 175. Yet the Braves to be up 2-1 is minus 120. Yet... The Dodgers are supposed to win today. So that market, right, which will be gone after today's game, right, mm-hmm. if today's result holds true to the expected outcome, right, the Dodgers, there's no there's no pitching matchup. There's no scenario where they're not favored in game three. You win today, you can hedge. You don't have to hedge. You can. And I probably wouldn't. At plus 175 for the Dodgers to win the next two. And that's kind of what we're looking for realistically. That's what we're looking for anyway on a Dodgers minus one and a half bet. You'd need the Dodgers to win the next two. Dan, am I off here? I think that's the bet to make if we like the Dodgers. uh, You know, uh, yes, that makes sense to me. But if if you like the Dodgers... Don't overcomplicate it. Take a minus one away to win the series. You know, like if you like the Dodgers, I'm just yeah. gonna take a bit of even money to win the series, you know, because I think they can come back. If I if I'm a Dodgers fan, a Dodgers backer, I think they're the best team in baseball. I think they're gonna get there. And the being down one nothing is not enough to give me cause for pause, especially when I see a basically even money number there. So I think I would just be kind of more uh, straightforward and keep it simple if I back the Dodgers. Let me ask you one more thing about this game, and you may dismiss it on its face, okay? You know what's interesting to me? The Dodgers today, or the NLCS game, is the first one up today. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers have not played this playoff season at all. I don't think anything other than you know, the last start, right? The 10 o'clock mm-hmm. Eastern start, the 9 o'clock Eastern start, right? Yeah. This is different. They're giving the ALCS the shine, the prime billing. Okay. It probably will go back and forth. But the Dodgers have not been in this situation. You know, the idea of maybe the ball's flying out during the day a little bit more when it's warmer or the body clock. They played a long game late last night. It's just, I just saw it as unique being like, oh, the Dodgers aren't in prime time tonight. Um I don't know that it means much for the side or the total. Do you take anything from that? Like, you played ball, right? I played ball. Like, do you believe in the body clock stuff at all? It, it can be. I mean, I'm dealing with a wild body clock these days right now. I right? hear you, the candle um, But uh, what's interesting is, Dean, 
I wanted to say to you, that's ah, baseball. You play at weird times all the time. Okay. But when was the last time the Dodgers played a game that wasn't at like right? That's what I'm saying. They've been in that primetime spot all playoffs long, deservedly so. They're the number one seed on the West Coast. It it makes sense. (laughs) Like, the Yankees are usually in that primetime spot also, right? So then every Mm -hmm. now and then when they get the weird TBS game against the Twins in the playoffs at 1 o'clock, I'm always like, ooh, this is a little different. I'm not saying it's a huge impact, but I'm asking you more like, Uh, to what degree do you consider that as any kind of factor? It's also just a weird move. It's just weird. Like, why are you doing this? There's no argument that the Astros-Rays game is a more high-profile matchup, right? Like, it's Urquidy versus Yarbrough. You're missing out on a Kershaw game. The right. Dodgers are on the West Coast. LA fans now have to watch their team play at 3 p.m. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's move. just odd. Like, it is. It, I agree with you. It's a weird move. I, I, think I don't know if it has anything for the game. Right, but it, it's yeah. odd. What do you think about the seven and a half we're getting here? I mean, I, like, it's it's low. It deserves to be low. Ian Anderson's been sweet on the mound. The Dodgers got Kershaw rolling. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If I am going to take an under today, it's going to be in the ALCS game. If I had to take an under today, I would take the under in the ALCS game before taking the under in the NLCS game. Are you with me on that? Yeah, both went under yesterday. Like, I do I just have to hit them both? I don't know. Who would take right. that Fair enough. No, it's not fun. But if the balance of my account grows, I don't give a darn. You were betting That's on Korean true. baseball, for goodness sake. When we come back, we look at the truncated NBA offseason. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. Right here on to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, the spitting statistician, and the candle burner, giving you what you need every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Kev, it's so interesting. And I got to tell you the truth of where I originally thought about this. And you're, you're going to laugh when you hear it. When I saw, like, hey, the New York Rangers made their draft pick of the the, the kid, the number one overall yeah. pick, right? I was like, Oh, that's right. The NHL draft is right after the season because of this truncated offseason. So now that we have crowned our champion in the NBA, you know, and LeBron wants his respect. I know you are lobbying for his respect. But now we have the offseason, right? And, like, the mechanics of the offseason. Remember early pandemic, Kev, when we still had content because the NFL still had free agent signing and draft prep and all that stuff? We have that now in the NBA. So we have the schedule, if we could put that graphic up, right, because we believe next year's season will start in, I think, around the first of the year, right? We're hearing, like, early Mm. January so far. Well, that means in the next two months, guys, we got, you know, we've got to handle some league business, right? The NBA draft is scheduled, the free agency, right? The preseason, maybe a Vegas summer league, for goodness sakes, right? With Gesundheit, proactively. We have to, we have to start to think about this, right? So talk to me. 
What do you think are going to be the big headlines? We know Doc Rivers has moved over, but I don't want this to catch up on people. Mm-hmm. So what are you expecting in the NBA like over the next month or two? So the NBA draft is, you know, you can see right there, November 18th. We're not, yeah. we're not far away from it. We're further away from it than we usually would be, okay, uh, mm. when a season ends, but that's okay. Now, what I'm going to be so interested to see, you remember this well, Dane, we covered it extensively, the that? NFL draft. Yeah. But what happened with the NFL draft is it became everyone's market. There weren't, there's nothing else to bet on, right? So for guys like you and I who are just always hanging around the NFL draft market, always following the NFL draft, we're like, oh, welcome, welcome aboard. It, 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 t- t- take your, you know, put your toes in the water. Enjoy. It's yeah. a fun time. Does the NBA draft garner anywhere near that attention? No, I, I think no. First of all, right, it's not the NFL, right? But also, it's right. not the going NFL will be, be going same. on. It's a bet on, right? Exactly. It's not the same circumstances. But what kind of markets do we have? I, I've told this story a couple of times, and I will say, it, look, it's it's not going to be perfect. It's not a, a thing that you can always rely on. But there's, you know, you and I. Uh, Way back when the NBA was kind of putting together, you'd be like, ah, oh, you and your anything Woj says is gospel. Right, right, right. This, so this is the thing. Last year during the draft, Woj tweeted out that the Atlanta Hawks were going to trade up to draft DeAndre Hunter at four. Because yeah. that's how set the order was before it. Like it was Zion, Ja, RJ, right? Right. And it, it happened at like six o'clock. The draft was at eight. So what you were able to do if you had the quick enough finger was get the under on the draft position for DeAndre right. Hunter, right? Max bet. And because Woj just told you where he was going, right? That's not a perfect science. And what's so interesting about this year is we don't even know who's going to go number one. Anthony right. Edwards is minus 230. Now, I had made mm-hmm. a point when the T-Wolves won the lotto that he was at minus 110, get it then, it was going to move up, it's moved up. Now at minus 230, don't make the bet. I did a little bit of pre-show reading here. Sam Vicini of The Athletic saying from sources, not only are they tracking Anthony Edwards, also LaMelo Ball, also a little bit of James Wiseman. Wiseman? Mm. Acknowledging there's not a perfect fit for this team right now at the top of this draft. Well, what does that then mean, Dane? Trades, mm-hmm. trade which down, means right? yeah. it can be anybody, or realistically, yeah. any of these top three. You right. missed the boat on the Anthony Edwards number, in my opinion, but you want to take a shot with LaMelo Ball, you want to take a shot with James Wiseman. I'm not mad at it, because there's a reason why this says player, B, player to be selected first and not Minnesota Timberwolves right, right, right. draft pick. No, I agree with you. Listen, as a, you know, as a depressed Knicks fan, I'm even hearing they may try to move up to get a guy like LaMelo Ball specifically. It looks like point guard will be in their crosshairs. You know, another when you talk about trades, another team for the draft that has to be absolutely live to make a trade because of the way the team is constructed. 
right? Mm -hmm. And it is also my transition to the 2021 NBA championship odds. Listen, Kev, you know, it's a little bit before your time, right? But the San Antonio Spurs one year had David Robinson, who at the time was one of the best players in the NBA, be out all season, right? Then they Mm -hmm. had a top pick, and it became uh, Tim Duncan. And what do you know? A decade of prosperity, right? Kev. The Golden State Warriors are in that spot right now. They have Steph Curry coming back, Klay Thompson coming back. I think yesterday they were 13 to 1. They are now already down to 11. You've said in some other places it's even lower than that. They are also, correct me if I'm wrong, Kev, blessed with the number two overall pick Mm -hmm. in this draft. Now, for this team, I don't think they need a kid. I think they need to use this as an asset to get kind of a cherry on top piece that the Warriors need for the 2021 season. Am I crazy? No, you're listen, you're far from crazy. And let's make this point with this Warriors number. It moved yeah. from yesterday at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Was 13 to 1. Whether yep. people hit it or they looked around, it's now 11. And yes, you can look at other shops. This thing is six to one. Six to one. So the FanDuel Sportsbook, by the way, I appreciate it because forget the Warriors, right? I appreciate you guys selling them. That's what they deserve. And I will say this, though, when it comes to this Warriors team, having the number two pick, Andrew Wiggins, I think they will want to make a splash this offseason. They will be a part of the Oladipo conversations. We will see who else, though, is out there. They're going to try the Giannis thing. It's not going to work. It's totally laughable. They're offering preposterous packages where they're acting as if Andrew Wiggins is a plus-plus asset instead of a negative asset. I will say this, though, Dane. Now, again, I can't argue with the number. But if they don't make roster changes, I'm going to sell the idea that the Warriors are destined to get back to where they once were. You don't think Steph's the Splash injuries, Brothers are enough? Steph's injuries issues are real. Clay's coming off of a monster injury. Draymond did not look himself this year. And I understand sure. there were there were pieces missing, but like he's also older. Like it, that's a real thing. I the I cannot argue with the number. I can't argue with it. And they might make a move to where even at FanDuel, you will right. watch this thing get chopped again. But they need to make moves for me to say, I think it's a winning bet. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to be on this Splash Brothers Revenge Tour. Don't forget about us. Uh, I'm going to cast my lot there, I do believe. And I will say this, Kev, I have to also be consistent, right, with what I've been talking about for the better part of the last month. Kev, tell Based on the way we were talking about this team and that you were ultimately accepting that they have cracked through their ceiling, right? Talk to me about the Denver Nuggets at 21 to 1, Kev. Mm. Like, come on, man. You know, like, didn't we just literally weeks ago talk about how Murray and Jokic were real Porter ascending? They could add a piece, all that stuff. And we were like literally two weeks ago being like, yo, you got to respect these boys. Now I'm seeing 21 to 1, Kev. Yeah, and look, a product of that is the favorites are in 
their conference, who won the title. The Clippers are a team that people still expect to reload. And the Warriors, who you like, are moving up. Admittedly, 21-1, to though, on a team that just went to the conference finals, that's awesome. I mean, that's great. I can't argue that one bit. But I got to say, Dan, I'm more intrigued in another spot where I actually thought you were going to go. Because one of your staples, right, of the NBA season that worked out greatly for you was the Bucks can't win it all, right? Right. Oh, there's value in the Eastern Conference market. I don't care where it is. I am anti-Milwaukee. You're darn right. This is the thing, though. Because comprehensively, yes. This is where the book is at a disadvantage. That's right. You're the right. Bucks are very likely going to have the best record in the East. Again. I don't give a damn. <laughs> right. But, and they know that betters aren't going to care. They know that. But they can't. They can't hang a number. Price, right. They can't not price them this way. Yes. Because if, all, if Milwaukee was the third or fourth choice, right, mm-hmm. of Eastern Conference teams, I'm hitting right. it. Everyone's hitting it. You have to. It's too good a value. So they oh, sure. have to put them at six to one. Oh, sure. And. This is where now, literally, all of the teams in the East, you can talk me into as yeah. considerable bets. Like I'll be very interested in the Bostons, the Miamis, the Brooklyns, the Philadelphias of the world. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting. And we're, I don't know if we're, I don't think we'll see conference markets for a long time. And by the way, like I'd that. be very cautious betting in this market. Like, for any subs- anything outside of a, I want a starting position for a fifth of a unit because we don't know when the season's going to start. We don't know what it's going to look like when it starts. I will tell you this: if they have to go bubble, right? I think there's a good chance yeah. that we see big names say no, thank you. Opt out. I think there's That's interesting. I think there's a legit chance of that. Okay. So you're sitting there with your and actually right. I don't even like ass- assigning people to this. You'll give like exact reasons why. <laughs> but you're sitting there with the fifth best odds to win the title. All of a sudden, the best player on that team yeah. says, I'm not going back to a bubble, or I'm not right. going to a bubble for the first time. Yep. And you've now made a losing bet. So I love this market. I want to follow it from now until yeah. The Lakers go back-to-back. But it's going to be really important to figure out the actual dynamics of the 2021 season. No, it absolutely will. And so as this moves in the offseason, whether it's a big signing, uh, a big move in the draft, you know, or we get news about the schedule and the calendar, we will keep our eye on that. Kev, you know, we also have to start looking at college football, you know, because now that's going to be on the horizon, right? That's conference schedules are getting going, you know, and we've got big game in the SEC this week. Number two, Alabama against number three, Georgia. We'll try and maybe get our guy Joe Lisi or what have you. But I got to tell you something. Okay, and when we come back on the other side of the break, I just want you to react to the sound that we are going to play. Uh, The Florida Gators were number four in the country. They went to Kyle Field and Texas A&M last week and they lost. 
Okay, they lost a kind of close game. A&M came back, right? And and they are now knocked from the ranks of the undefeated. And I got to tell you something. When you combine what happened there at Kyle Field, what is happening in this country, and what the head coach of the Florida Gators had to say in response, almost positioning the governor and himself against the AD and the university president. This is something I want to pay attention to all week long. I set it up. I'm merely going to play you the sound when we get back. I can't wait to hear what you think about Dan Mullen and what he wants to do in the swamp this weekend. We'll talk about it briefly when we come back right here on The Early Live. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here on the early line. Talking a little college football. And, Kev, I'm excited for Alabama, Georgia. We'll look at that later in the week. But, listen, Dan Mullen, because he thinks the crowd was a factor in his loss at Texas A&M, he wants to make sure he's got a home field advantage. Check this out, Kev. Great day of football. Great atmosphere out there. Uh, crowd was certainly a factor in the game. I will certainly say that. I know our governor passed that rule, so certainly, hopefully, the university administration decides to let us pack the swamp for LSU next week. 100%, because that crowd was a major factor in the game. And so I certainly hope our university administration follows the governor. Our governor has passed a rule that we're allowed to pack the swamp. We have 90,000 in the swamp to give us that home field advantage that Texas A&M has. Kevin, 90,000 people in the swamp, in close proximity, this weekend. How do you feel about that? Pathetic. It's pathetic. Let's make this very clear, okay? I'm going to go off what ESPN's providing me. If they're wrong, I apologize. Where Texas A&M plays, the capacity is 102,000. They had 24,000 people there. Florida, in this football game, had multiple leads, including one, with six minutes left in this game. But because you lost, you're now going to put 90,000 people in the stands so you can beat an LSU team that just lost to Mizzou? Hit the bricks. You can't beat LSU. Listen, you, you want fans in the building? That's fine, okay? I, I think we're starting fans it, like at a certain number, there's so much room in these stadiums. You can socially distance even a preposterous number of people. Yeah. 100% capacity? Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah, I, I, when I heard this originally, I thought it was a joke. I, I thought he was joking. And you even hear in the crowd, you even hear in the sound. Like Mullen is like, no, 100% because the reporter kind of follows up and it's like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I think this is interesting. Listen. As conditions allow, if we, you know, start to stagger and get more and more people, that's a beautiful thing if we are at the place where that can happen. But to me, the idea of 90,000 in the swamp is going to be very crazy. We will, however, start to look at college football as we go on. I'm going to bet next year on the grid. people on there. I, it's going to be very weird. We'll see. The morning after is up next right here on the grid. We'll see you tomorrow here on the early line.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.